man, what a great place to be. Just an environment of victory and God's presence and God's care and God's love. It's like, man, this is what church is supposed to be, isn't it? We don't come to kind of go through religious rituals. We come for a moment of encounter with God. It's all about a moment. And I want to talk about that today. Um, Barry asked me a few months ago if I'd come here, and I just felt God say, just straight away speak and say, oh, it's about a moment. And, and then I found out, oh, it's Easter Sunday. And it's like, oh, I was like, what a perfect thing, because it's all about a moment. Because Easter Sunday is about the moment of history. If there's one moment when God's purposes broke through, when God achieved everything he wanted to do, when victory came, when hope came, when death is defeated, it's always a moment that on this day we celebrate the moment when everything changed. Uh, but that just becomes a pattern for every day of our lives. It's all about a moment. Our lives are determined by a moment with God. And every, all this stuff up here, this is just creating the envir environment for a moment. And I believe today that God wants, to, uh, wants um, you to have a moment with God because one moment with God can change everything. One moment with God can just turn your life around. One moment with God can set you free, can launch you on a new trajectory. One moment with God can mean more than just years of trying to hammer away at things, work at things. One moment of God can change everything. And everything we're doing as a church is just to create one moment. And today's going to be a moment in God. Um, my wife sent me a... Um, what's the right language is and accents is hard. I, I apologize for my accent if it's hard to understand. The first time I, well, uh, first time I came here, Barry was explaining the layout of this room, and he said, "I was like, what's that?" And he he said, "That's for the how do you, the new 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 people? How do you say that? New. new. I thought he said nude, n u t e. <laughs> I was like, this is an unusual church." And I'm glad they have it off to the side and out of sight for the nude people. But I then I know it's for the new people, not the nude people. So anyway, so um, now I've lost my train of thought. So my wife sent me a message that um, just one of these funny meme meme things about uh, if you want to have a biblical Easter Sunday service, she said it should start at sunrise and only the woman come. And then the blokes spend the next couple of hours trying to figure out what's going on and finally come to believe. Because that's what happened on Easter morning. The woman got it and the guys are like, what? No. And then a couple of hours later, the penny drops. So, to, uh, so we're going to have a biblical moment in God this morning. So maybe the woman will help us understand what's really going on. Yeah. But... Um, Sarah sounded like she agreed with it a bit too and much enthusiastically. Oh, that's a different slide to I started with. Well done. Hey, uh, so I want to, I wanna, if you think about Easter Sunday, if you think about what happened, we kind of know the significance of it from reading the Bible, that death was defeated, that new life came, that a new creation began, that Jesus rose victorious, that everything changed. But what I want to... The thought that I wanted you to get, that's not what it looked like or what or how it was experienced. 
And if you can get this, I think many of us miss our moments in God because they don't look like what we think they should look like. So if you can flick up this, uh, John, can you read that? Vaguely, John 20. So this is about Mary. Uh, so she goes to the tomb. The tomb is empty. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener. Notice there's no angelic choirs. There's no hallelujah chorus. There's no sound and light show. It looks so ordinary that she mistook him for the gardener. But this was the moment. This was the moment that changed history. But it didn't look as spectacular as she thought it would look like. And, and, and she said, where have you put him? And then if you flick up the next one, it's just, just Jesus said one word, Mary. That was the moment. One, mo one moment. Just speaking her name. Because it's about a personal connection. Suddenly she realized. She turns towards him, cried out in Aramaic. Uh, I don't even know how you say that. We won't pretend that I do. Rabboni, which means teacher. Flick up the next one. And Jesus said, do not, and then he starts unpacking some of it. Do not hold on to me. I have not yet ascended. Go and said to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. But her moment was Jesus whispered her name. And everything changed. I wonder what you think a moment with God would look like this morning. Now, there's all this theology, there's all this impact behind it, but the moment was a really simple moment of Jesus whispered her name, Mary, and everything changed, and the world has never been the same. But I think we tend to miss the moments because we don't... Uh, I want to help you, hopefully help you understand how to, how to take hold of a moment in God so it does make a difference. You, this is how the kingdom works. If you flick up the next one, Jesus said this, The kingdom is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. It's one little seed, one little word, one little sentence, one little phrase, one little feeling. That could be your moment. That could change your life. Don't mistake for its simplicity. A, li a little thought that flashes through your mind, a little feeling that passes you by as you sit there, that could be your moment. You go, well, it was just a word. It was just a name. It was just a sense. Yeah, but that could be the mustard seed of the kingdom that could change the rest of your life. Because that's how God works. And it's like, that's enough. Because there's the seed of greatness. There's the seed of destiny. There's the seed of change. We're in the business of creating an environment where people have a moment. And it's not about how big and dramatic. It's that who spoke the word. Who brought that feeling. Who communicated. Jesus did. The creator of the world just did this. I was thinking um when i was sitting down about this i remember when i was um, in my early 20s uh we kind of had this kind of move of god and where dramatic things happened in our youth ministry my mum wasn't really a christian she's kind of become a christian and then hadn't didn't carry on with it and kind of floated around and stuff and one time i kind of bold faith i said mum can i pray for you and and i put my hand on her and the power of god came over and she just 
fell over on the floor, kind of like passed out, and she was out for a while. And when she kind of comes out and I help her up, and I'm like, what happened? And she said, I felt God say to me, I'm going to look after you. If you don't know my story, my dad was in and out of prison when I was little. He left, so she raised, working full-time, raising two, my, me and my brother, or always by herself. I just thought, man, the, crea- the creator God just told her, I'm going to look after you. But I was talking, and she was like, no, I kind of expected more. And I was like, <laughs> the creator God of the universe just spoken to a woman's life who has struggled all her life with having to look after herself and told her that he was going to look after her and and the sense like you and and you know the next kind of 30 years from that God has looked after her I have a wonderful wife who offered to take my mother in and she came and lived with us for 10 years and talk about more wonderful for that five years ago when we felt called to leave my wife agreed that we would sell our house and put all of the money into uh, getting my mother into a retirement home to look after her. That's a pretty good wife who sell, surrenders her home for their mother. God has orchestrated things to deliver on his promise at a moment that said, I will look after you. But in the moment, she was like, oh, I kind of was hoping for more. And I think she missed her moment. And, and it's like, we, we need to learn how to have a moment with God. One word, I'm going to look after, one for, I'm going to look after you. It's going to be okay. That prophetic word today, the little bit, favor. Oh man, I just, I would work with that. I would hold on to that. I would be praying. That. I would expect that. I would, I would milk that for everything it's worth. Because there was a moment when God said something. You know, Jesus repeats this. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman took and mixed into flour. One little thing. Don't, don't, don't despise what God's doing because the moment doesn't look big enough. The moment doesn't. You need one second of a feeling, of a phrase, of a sentence, of something. And you've got a moment that can change your life this morning. That's all you need. And God wants to give you a moment in God. You don't need to have the whole plan out there. You don't need to have everything worked out. You want to walk out of this place this morning going, I had a moment with God. And it's going to be okay. Look at the next one. He, um, even Jesus thought this. You know, when, the, the, when he was out in the wilderness, tempted, hadn't eaten for 40 days, the devil's telling him, just turn the stones into bread. He's like... It's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes. He's like, more than I need food, I need one word from God. I need a moment where God speaks to me, and that will carry me through. You need a moment with God today. You need that more than you need your Easter lunch or your Easter eggs. You need that more than you need your paycheck. You need it more than you need your mortgage covered. It's like, I need one word from God because one moment from God can change my life. It's all about a moment. Flick up the next one. This, if you look, this is how it works in the Bible. If you read about life is not a continuing sequence. Life is a series of moments. Your life will be defined not by the years or decades. Your life will be defined by probably five or six moments 
that you have with God. If you go back to Abraham, you know, the God, oh, yep, God, oh, sorry, I, yeah, that sounded like go back, didn't it? Yeah. Well, well anticipated. I have to be more careful. Genesis, God said to Abraham, go from your country, your father and your father's household to the land I'll show you. Flick up the next one. Here's, here's Abraham's moment. I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Down the, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through. He had a moment that changed his life and changed our world. I did a Google this morning. Currently, 55.5% of the world's population would trace their spiritual lineage to Abraham. Christians, Muslims, and Jews all regard him as the father of their faith. One moment has changed half the world's population. One moment, couple of lines. I'm going to bless you and make you great. And you're going to touch all the nations of the world. One moment. One sentence, two sentences. And so Abraham lives this out, you know. So if you flick up the next one, he, he goes, as God told him, and he starts this journey on the basis of a moment. He's willing to leave everything on the basis of a moment. He's willing to step out, not because he had a big plan. In fact, the Bible goes on to say he didn't know where he was going, but he had had a moment when he'd got one sentence, and that was enough because that's how the kingdom works. And, and he comes to this place, and then you flick up the next one. He has another moment. The Lord appeared to Abraham, verse 7, to your offspring I'll give this land. We're still hearing the consequences of that on the news every, almost every day of one moment when God says, I'm giving you this land. One moment. And what does he do? So he built an altar. He acknowledges the significance of the moment. This wasn't, oh, maybe the pizza I had last night disagreed with me and I had this funny thought. It's like, no, I had a moment with God, and I'm going to treat it with the respect it deserves. I'm going to build it. I'm going to choose to engage with it. I'm going to choose to acknowledge the significance. I'm going to choose to give my life to this moment. And, I, and as I believe that God has a moment, our part, we have to choose to engage with the moment. And, and, and so if you read the story of Abraham, it's like he journeys here and there he built an altar. He journeys and there he built an altar. He journeys and there he built an altar. Can I suggest to you, your life will be defined by those altar moments. I had a moment when I was 15. I had a moment when I was 8. I had a moment when I was 25. And I built an altar and my life has never been the same. And today could be the day that you have a moment. That defines your life. The interesting thing, he starts to twig, like Jesus said, do you know what? More than I need anything else, I need a moment. And so if you flick up the next one, he sets out again, but here, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. He didn't wait for a moment to happen and respond to it. He said, I need a moment. I'm going to build an altar now, and I'm going to call on you, God, because I need a new moment with you. I'm kind of running on empty now. I'm kind of tired of living off old revelation. I need a moment. I don't know, but I suspect there's some people here today like, I need a moment with God. I don't know. I'm a bit confused. I don't know where this thing is going. God, more than I need my lunch, I need a moment with you. And that's why I've come from church, not to come to church, not to fulfill religious expectations or duty. I've come for a moment. I've come for a moment. And God, I choose to engage for a moment. 
I build the altar and I say, God, I need an encounter with you. I, I, I feel like this is a call and I can almost feel it coming back out of you as I talk. Some of you are like, yeah, I, I'm going to choose to have a moment with God because I need that. Abram had learned the lesson. Flick up the next one. He, um, Bill Johnson um, has this great phrase. I was talking to Barry about this yesterday. He says, God, often God gives us an acorn when we ask him for an oak tree. It's the process of stewarding the acorn that gives us the wisdom to manage the tree. What he means is we're praying. We just want God to suddenly do the big thing. And then like my, like my mother, just, just change my life. And, and then God, here's a little acorn. I'm going to look after you. Look up, you steward that. You look after that one sentence and everything else will happen. Oh, God, but I need my mortgage paid off. I need my marriage changed. I need this and that. And then God just says, my favor is on you. There's the acorn. Hold on to the acorn. Steward the acorn. Start to work with it. Start to grow it. Start to develop it. Start to, start to see that thing come into being. Start to see it grow. God's probably not just going to be like a fairy godmother and wave his magic wand and change everything. He's going to give you a moment where he gives you an acorn that if you look after it, could change your world and become an oak tree. It's like, God, that's, that's, this took me 30 years to learn. I wish I'd learned this a long time because generally what happens, I pray for something and God gives an answer and you think, oh, that's a fat lot of use. I don't know if that's the phrase you use. Um, but it's like, that's pointless. Like the scale of what I'm praying is here and you give me this. And he goes, yeah, that's how the kingdom works. Yeah. I was telling, again, telling Barry yesterday, um, about October last year, I was praying. I, the Bible college I'm running, I was like, God, I need another 50,000 pounds in my budget for next year. Yeah. <laughs> and about the same for some other stuff. And, and, and I felt like God was okay with my prayer, and I felt like he was going to do something about it. And so I'm, I feel like God's actually going to do this. It's going to work out. And then we had this big church conference in October, and I, and I felt like God was going to do something in October for about this prayer, because I needed it to write my budget for the next, our financial year goes January to December, so I was like, I need to know I can write a budget with this, and I, it's going to happen in October. And we had this big church conference, uh, and, and I'm standing at the front one day, and this guy comes up to me a bit sheepishly, and he goes, um, says, you don't really know me, I'm from this other city, but someone else in the city has, uh, wants to give something to you um, just anonymously. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's October and it's about to happen. And he reaches behind himself and he pulls out this little paper bag like this and hands it to me and it's a little paper bag with five chocolates in it. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> But because I've learned this, it's like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's not, it's like, okay, when was the last time someone felt led by God to give me five chocolates? Never. This is my acorn. This is going to happen. This is starting. I'm believing God. This is my acorn for my 50,000 pounds. I, I took it home and the next day I was going to try and explain this to my wife. I said, Oh, um, you know, you know those, you know those chocolates that we got. She said, "Oh yeah, I ate them all last night. They were real nice. They're my favourites." And I'm like, "Okay, they 
they not only were surprised, but they were my wife's favorites. God, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for it. And then in late October, I got a gift of 2,000 pounds. And then the last working day of the year before Christmas, the government education department rang us up and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to give you another 35,000 pounds of government funding. Now, it's not totally there yet, but it started with this ridiculous little paper bag with five chocolates in it. And can I tell you, before I learnt this, I would have just got so annoyed and despised it and so angry with God and go, what use is that when I need... But the kingdom works with a moment of an acorn, one word, one feeling, one sense. And if I'll look after that and steward it, it could grow into something significant in my life. You're ready to engage with God around a moment? Let me show you a few more things about this process. You know, 1 Kings, Elijah says, they've had, a, they've had a drought for three years. He says, it's about to rain, if you know the story. And, he's, and he says, because he's a prophet, go and eat and drink. There's the sound of heavy rain. No, there's not. There's drought. Uh, and, and so he goes off, and Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees, next one, and prays, Go and says to his servant, go and look towards the sea. There's nothing. Seven times, goes back. Next one, nothing. The seventh time the servant said, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Now, if that was, you, if that was me, again, it would be like, what use is that? I'm saying that the whole nation, nation is going to be flooded. What use is the cl a cloud of the size of a man's hand? But because Elijah's a prophet, because he's probably read Bill Johnson's book, he knows God's kingdom doesn't come as an oak tree. It comes as an acorn. He knows there it is. There's my beginning. I got a word. I got a cloud the size of a the size of a man's hand. I got a little bag of chocolates. I got one word. I came to church and someone spoke one word to me. Yeah. See, again, it's like that word for the baby. It's like, waiting. where's all the detailed plan? I don't know about you, but when the word favor, it's like, oh, God, that goes right on my... That's a God. Like, that's enough. Yeah. There's my word. You know, and, and, and Elijah, go and tell Abraham, hit your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. It's going to come. I've got my bag of chocolates. The, the rest of the 50,000 pounds is on its way. I've got the cloud the size of a man's hand. The storm is coming. I've got the mustard seed of the kingdom. It's going to happen. I've got my moment with God. And I walk out of here carrying one seed of a word. Next one. You know, and then it grows black with clouds, wind rose, heavy rain started, the power of the Lord came, and he ran on ahead of him. Next one. Another example. This is, I'm trying, this is how the kingdom works. Again, God promised the Israelites, I'm going to give you a whole nation. And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to send these horns. I'm going to supernaturally drive these nations out. But then he says this, but I'm not going to drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate. This, little by little, I will drive them out before you. Why? Until you have increased enough 
to take possession of the land. Something, we're like, God, just change my world. He's like, I could do that, but you actually couldn't step up and live in that reality. I'll do, you grow into this reality that I can actually give you the dream that you have. You celebrate me for five chocolates, and I can sort out the 50,000 pounds. You recognize a cloud the size of a man's hand, and I can bring the storm. You accept one word of favor in a baby's life, and I can orchestrate the rest of the life. But I've got to grow into it. But one moment is enough to start it. Next one. This is the principle through John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. We want God to change our external world. He says, I want to change your internal world so that you can grow into your external word. I need one word. I need one moment this morning. I need one encounter that changes my internal world into a better space. I had some bad... I grew up in a poor family. I have memories of with my mother hiding in the kitchen from the debt collectors banging on the door. My battle for the 50,000 pounds wasn't about the education department. My battle for the 50,000 pounds was in here and in here that God had to change something on the inside of me to grow to a place where God could supernaturally arrange stuff to drop into my budget. But God wants to change. Your battle is not out there. That's why the moment will be something that shifts something in here or in here. You know, uh, flick up the next one. Just about finished. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command and keeping with the prophecies once made about you this, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well. Next one's another translation. That by them you may wage the good fear. Some of us are like, oh, well, God prophesied that and it didn't happen. Yeah, because there's a battle. Something's got to engage in you to start pushing back the obstacles, to start fighting for something. We're like, well, God said it and it wasn't true because it hasn't happened. No, he gave you those things so you could fight with it, so that so you could develop something, so that you could enlarge something. Well, it's a massive setbacks that I haven't had time to talk about around getting that budget because I had to fight for it. No, God, you said this was going to happen. No, I believe you're going to do this. Because in a, in a poverty spirit, you go, ah, oh, I shouldn't have got my hopes up. Ah, oh, it was too good to be true. I should have realized that. Something's got to shift on the inside that goes, no, no, God said it. I've got to change my internal world, and then God can change my external world. There's a battle for the fruit of your moments. Next one. Almost finished. Uh, this whole, th- oh, no, we'll leave out that. I haven't got time for that. Next one. Let me, the story of Gideon, just to unpack that a bit more. Again, I was talking about Barry last night. You know, God comes to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. There's his moment. He's timid. He's hiding. He's in a trough. Here's his moment. You are a mighty warrior. And, and he wrestles with it. If you flick up the next one, it's like, pardon me? Like, are you serious? Have you not seen my world? No, no, but there was the seed of greatness. There was the seed of the kingdom. There was the cloud, the size of a man's hand that his world is changing. There was this moment that, that my life is now going to change. And, and, and he wrestles with this whole thing. Flick up the next one. Uh, and, and, it, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm sending you. Your world is about to change. And Gideon wrestles with this. But next one. 
And, and so what does he do? What we said about he builds an altar. I've had a, I recognize I recognize the significance of that one sentence. I recognize that God has touched my life. I recognize that I've had a moment. And he would go on to defeat the enemy. He would go on to be a mighty warrior. He would go on to deliver his nation. But he, he honors that this is a moment. And he's like, I need to choose to engage with this sentence. One sentence. You're not a failure. You're a mighty warrior. You're not a loser. My favor is going to rest on you. You're not a disappointment. I'm going to walk in God's victory. And it's like, I need to treat that with the respect. The creator of the universe just spoke a word into my life. I've just had a moment. I've just had a moment. But if you flick up the next one, what God says is, do you know what, Gideon? That battle out there is not the real battle. Third line, tear down your father's altar to battle. The first battle is still inside of you. You've got you to change your... You've got to confront the, the stronghold of your family. Again, you got... You, we had Michael Maiden, who's a prophet, uh, speak to all our students at, a couple of months ago, and he's like, you know, the biggest battle of your life is, is the family altar, is the family demon if you're not getting all spooky about it's the stronghold of the family for me the battle was not the 50,000 pounds for my budget the battle was the memories of a little boy who was always embarrassed that he came from the poorest street in our city that his mum drove the worst car and that the debt collectors banged on our doors looking for money I had to defeat that and then my external world just changed. Wow, there's an anointing just coming there. Oh, man. See, the problem is not with the moment. The problem is not that the enemy's too strong. The message of Easter is the devil's defeated. Christ is risen. Nothing can stop him. The only battle is in here and in here. Rather than despising the moment to go, no God, what's holding me back from seeing this moment become my reality? What's the next one? God gives us an acorn when we ask for an oak tree. It's the process of stewarding the acorn that gives us the wisdom to manage the tree. But one of the parts of stewarding it is winning the battle in here and here. Can I invite you to stand? I don't know how you engage with God, if it's close your eyes or raise a hand. And I just said stand, but if you want to sit down, feel free. I just, I just believe this is a setup for you to have a moment. And I often see funny things about angels and stuff. And what I, in the middle of last night, I saw in our church after a service like this, we'd often have, uh, like the hospitality team would have trays with everyone gets a little chocolate or something. 
And I just saw angels around the side of this auditorium carrying trays of a chocolate that was, here's a moment. Here's a moment for you. Heaven is is ready to give you a moment with God. You didn't come to church to sing songs and play religion, did you? You came to get a moment. Well, I want to tell you heaven's ready to give you a moment. Some of you are frustrated and disappointed. There's a moment for you. There's a moment. But here's the other thing I felt. We have to choose to engage with the moments. We have to choose, I'm going to build an altar around this moment. I'm going to receive this as God just gave me the seed for my future. God just gave me the key to unlock my destiny. God just gave me a little chocolate that's going to be the answer to my problem. Okay, here's God, God's now just going, just receive. Just receive your chocolate from the tray. Might be just a feeling. Might be just a sense of peace. It might be Jesus just speaking your name that he knows you. It might be a phrase. But can you just have a moment with God? Wow, he's just coming on people just to receive from him.